0: Welcome to this episode of Getting Curious. I hope your New Year's resolutions are going amazing. This episode, we are going to be talking about Diva Cups. They are super fun. I'm really excited to get into it because, you know, to be honest, growing up as a gay man in the middle of America, I thought I had to be a vaginophobe. It was ingrained into me. I hate to admit it. I used to be. I'm not anymore. That's why I'm really excited to talk about Diva Cups this week. So I have a... a little cousin, whose name is Sullivan Oakley, who is our genius expert guest this weekend. Say hi, Sully.
1: Hey, how's it going?
0: Good. Um, so I call Sullivan Sully. We'll call her Sullivan. I'll be professional. And um, Sullivan is an expert at life. And and even though she's my junior, I've, I've always looked up to her. She um, spent, she, well, do you want to talk about this? So in your, your senior year of college, you volunteered for a Catholic Jesuit foundation. There was like an exchange program in El Salvador.
1: Yeah, so it was a study abroad program. Also, I think you can probably call me Sully because we will be talking about my vagina and vaginas today. So we are going to talk about be vaginas. Pretty colloquial. Yes, yes yeah, and, we can be cash. We roll, you know? We'll be cash. So flow into it you know, yeah. as you please. But yeah, I studied abroad um, in a, a, a Jesuit Catholic sort of immersion education-based program. And it's, it's practice-based education. So a few days a week in the classroom and a few days a week in communities on the margins. And so accompanying company And what does Salvadoran that mean, a,
0: a, a community on the margins, just for the, the followers that don't know what that is?
1: Yeah, so there's a lot of buzzwords and language around this, but that the really the goal of our program um, is that it's it's not it's not a missionary style, even though it is a faith based. Uh, there are sort of four pillars: it's you live in an intentional community, and you have a, the pillar of spirituality as well, and academics, and then accompaniment. And accompaniment is a term to kind of move away from this idea of missionary or project based foreign presence in an area. And to focus a little bit more on learning from the community. So, really looking at the community members as your professors and using that as the primary text of your learning, and then sort of the sociology and the economics and the history of the of the culture that you're in as the secondary text.
0: So, you guys weren't there to like turn all of the San Salvadorians into fierce Christians. You were more just there, like <laughs> learning from them, seeing what their lifestyle is, and just kind of getting a sense of what they were stepping in as opposed to like putting your stuff on them.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Really seeing what life was like there, sort of on the ground. Day to day, spending a lot of time, especially with with women and children, um, but seeing sort of what day to day was and how the history of that particular culture and country and the civil war they experienced there, how that really plays into everyday lives and and some of the violence that goes on in that particular country in El Salvador.
0: So for me, uh, at this point, I'm like in Phoenix, like you know, washing some hair, doing some things, while my little cousin <laughs> is like in El Salvador, like literally learning about the world and like significantly impacting the lives of people who like. Do not have what we have. And when I say do not have what we have, I'm talking like no two nickels to rub together. Like, I mean, Sullivan told me a story about when she went to San Salvador and she had children approaching her to breastfeed at the age of like, what, six and seven years old? Because that was actually very normal in these like smaller communities because like that was food. Like, it's not even a thing of being like, I'm a little kid and I want to grab your chi It's like, I'm hungry. Like, this was how they, this is like how you make food.
1: Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think, too, culturally, a lot of things are going on there. So to, to say that there are different levels of, um, of sort of socioeconomic demographic of peoples with whom I interacted there. Um, but really to say, I mean, an impact that, that they had on me uh, truly, I think, is, is, is what I take from that experience. And uh, all the time, our grandfather, who's this person that we have in common, Paw, give him a little shout uh-huh. out. He always says, you know, you're out there saving the world, and um, and that's just not all that true. I think it's, it's really saving me. And so really having that perspective and the way it's shifted the way that I um, interact and think about my decisions and think about, um, you know, even whether or not I re- recycle, how I encounter people um, – on the street, just like the, really shifting my entire worldview and, and how I interact and and how I see things and how I see sort of the paradigm of our world and and, and the structures of our world. But I think with the with the hunger and sort of the just culturally speaking, um, being a woman in these places is 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 really interesting, right? So breastfeeding—it's not quite till six or seven, but definitely until two or maybe three years old—and um, and just also the 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 atmosphere around it too. In, in certain ways. It's a it's a very difficult place to be a woman in Salvador, an extremely difficult place, um, and they're um, exposed to a lot of violence um, and culturally, just a, culturally, yeah, and just the way it's that very they
0: patriarchally dominated. That's it is, a, yeah. They're, they're, there's dominated. this term, kind of
1: machismo, right? Yeah. And so, it's sort of the macho culture that comes out, um, and always providing, like, kind of this, 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 in some ways, this martyrdom of women. It's a really beautiful, sort of self-sacrificing, canonic sort of pouring themselves out into the world, but at the same time, a lot of their needs aren't getting right. met. Right? It's like yeah.
0: beautiful and, and in the sense that it's beautiful for everyone else except for the woman that's like giving every last speck of what she's got to give to like keep her family going.
1: Yeah. And so often they do it so generously. Right. But it's also, and so then there's that dynamic and then there's also this weird dynamic of like, you know, I've, I've been at like a Catholic mass before where, um, the woman who was going to lecture, the woman who was going to sort of get up and read the first reading was breastfeeding.
0: As so, she did it. So
1: right before she got up, she's like holding her child and breastfeeding and she's like her shirt's kind of down. So she gets up there and she reads the readings while she's holding her child and breastfeeding her child, which if you went to a Catholic parish in the states or pretty much anywhere, you know, even at, at like the supermarket, there's this huge stigma around yeah. what it's even like for for women to breastfeed in public, as if we all didn't do that as children, right. you know, as if that's not from whence we came.
0: But so you're saying that that's like fierce that like she was doing that, like to yeah. like you like that. It's fierce. Absolutely, we love that. Yeah. There's a, like there's... why does she have to hide in shame to breastfeed? She's like being a freaking mother for crying out loud.
1: Yeah, it's a really beautiful thing in that way. But then at the same time, there's these really difficult dynamics of what it means to be a woman in that culture and what you might be subjected to or vulnerable to as a result
0: so to catch you guys up on why my cousin is a mother effing life expert <laughs> is because when I was like worrying about you know how to cancel out red so that a client wouldn't freak out at me for like a base color like she was in third world countries like really learning about stuff that like you and I for the most part don't get to see which she's gonna be like really humble about that and be like oh well they were saving me which is true I'm sure from where she sits but this is why I admire her so deeply because No one ever said to her, we grew up in the same family. No one ever ever said to her, like, it's important for you to go see how other types of people live. And and that's why I'm fascinated with her. So fast forward to 2012, Christmas of 2012. I'm going through this hideous breakup. (laughs) I'm very like, what was me? Can't handle it. Um, I I, like got some Christmas money. And at this time, Sullivan has done her study abroad program as a student in this program. She's gone back for an additional year back to El Salvador uh, to... To, like, be one of the facilitators of the program. And then the year after that, she moves to Manila and and is in the same co- uh, company. Is it called a company? like the? It's
1: kind of a network of programs. So a- one's run by Santa Clara University, Casa mm-hmm. de la Solidaridad, and that's in El Salvador. And then one's run by USF, and it's Casa Bayanihan, and okay. it's in Manila. Okay.
0: So so Sullivan goes and does that for a year afterwards, and then we're at Christmas, and Sullivan had come in from Manila, and I'm like, OMG. I want to come visit you in Manila. And so. <laughs> which so, everyone thought was a
1: terrible which idea. Which everyone thought
0: was an awful idea. Everyone <laughs> thought I was going to like get Filipino MRSA and never come back. But I <laughs> but I, I totally got it. I got the ticket and I'm and, like, Sullivan and I are texting and she's like, Are you seriously going to do this time? Like, I am literally coming to visit you in Manila. And am I correct that I'm the only family member that came to visit Manila? You're
1: absolutely the only family member. I'm the member. only one that
0: came and it was so fierce. So we get there and Sullivan's like, Do you want to live how I live or do you want to like go? Like be on an island and do something really chic, and I was like really into like what Sullivan was stepping in as far as like helping the masses, and I had never seen anything, anything close to like what Third World could be. So, um, that is that like a rude term to say Third World?
1: It's it's so. Fu- I mean, with think those things are always shifting. I think there is something that um, Is there that something makes more it, PC
0: I can say? Ah,
1: uh, that's a really good question. I mean, I think that it it has become in in some sense a, a, a derogatory term, especially in that more of the world lives in that particular that then way. Not. Yeah. So I, I can't I wish I were a little bit more well versed in so that. I didn't mean to say it's good to be story, intentional about But
0: it. I had not seen a system of living that took place like on a landfill, which is literally like what when Sullivan said you want to live how I live, like that's that was the communities that we were going in and volunteering for. So or that Sullivan was, um, like day in and day out. And so um I think when I got there, I think I would still have considered myself vaginophobic at the time. I think I think if you would have said to me like Um, this woman is on her period and they don't, this, this community doesn't have access to tampons like financially. And they're just, so I think I would have been like, girl, that sounds like a personal problem. And here's my debit card. Let me go get you a box of tampons. And Sustainable solutions. Yeah, exactly. Which <laughs> I mean, I'm not teaching this girl how to like you know f- to make the corn. I was like giving her some corn or some fish and then being like, "Good luck when it's over." That's very biblical of you, right? So yeah, so um, so when I first went to this the community that I volunteered for, Sullivan, um, it's it's literally on a landfill, and it was it's like next to this to like a like a sea like an oceany sea, and it was like. Yeah, I mean, it's, like, it's on a landfill, and, the, and a lot of the homes are made of, like, tarps and, like, plywood, and it's not what you would, like, it makes, it it doesn't, this style of living does not exist in the U.S. that I have seen. Not that there's not poverty in the U.S., but, like, this, this is something I haven't seen here. And so, um, and, and this actually was the trip, this was the time when I learned about this episode that we're doing today, which is called uh, The Diva Cup and why we should all be talking about it. <laughs> So I learned uh, when I was in Manila about the Diva Cup, which is an alternative to tampons and pads, and it is for menstruation, which um, any gay listeners out there, that is uh, when a woman's egg goes from her uterus, or her ovaries to her uterus, and it causes a period. I don't know if any of you guys have heard of that, but that's what that is. So the Diva Cup, which Sullivan actually brought for us today, which I'm holding in my hands right now in the box. A brand new one.
1: Not the one I currently use. It's
0: award-winning, the Diva Cup. This is the number one model. Is there more than one model? So
1: that's the thing. Also, so Diva Cup in many ways it's kind of like Kleenex and Band-Aids, right? right? So they, they have these menstrual. It's actually cups. a menstru-
0: It's a menstrual cup. Menstrual
1: cup, exactly. But so Diva D- Cup is the brand, but whenever you grab for a tissue, you're inevitably going to call, call it a Kleenex. So they've kind of become in the, some ways the the thing, the to, the catch the thing all all you term. call it. Yeah. So the, the reason there are two sizes, which many women don't know when they go to the store to buy one, is that one is prepartum and one is postpartum. So if you this the wide set size, vagina and
0: a narrow set <laughs> vagina.
1: Yeah. So we're having Mean Girls flashbacks. Yes. You know. It's not my fault. I have a heavy foot <laughs> Right, and a right, wide set right. Um, so for the, the the first size is for if you have not have children or if you're under the age of thirty, and usually the second size up is if you're over the age of thirty or if you have had children. Okay,
0: so um, so when I was in Manila visiting Sullivan, uh, I it, it, doing this this is when I learned about the Diva Cup,
1: mm-hmm. and so Sullivan, if
0: in places like El Salvador and uh, the different praxis communities in Manila, which a praxis community is similar to like what you were saying about the what was that term you used. Accompaniment? No, and in, um, in Salvador about the the type of community.
1: Oh, like communities on the margins. So yeah, like on the margins. Are in this particular program that I worked for, we would send our students because like praxis-based education is sort of the both the practice and the academics. Oh, so it's a that's what that word. So was. So that's why we say praxis. Okay. Communities.
0: Okay, so that's a pra- Okay, got it. <laughs> Okay, got it. So I was not, I did not understand that, but I understand it now. So, um, for these, for the women in like where we went, because you worked at a lot of different communities, like the one that we, I only saw one, Mm -hmm. but you went to like a whole bunch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, for, like, some of the women that we were meeting and the kids that we were meeting, like, when one of those little girls that we met that were so fun and we were playing those, like, fun games, like, when one of those girls comes to age of having a period, like, what do they have access to? Like, what is a period like for a woman in a place like Salvador, like, in the more really marginally marginal areas and, like, the in the communities that you introduced me to in Manila? Like, what is getting a period? Like, what do they have access to? What do they not have access to? What happens?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. And I think it's so interesting, thinking about my experiences in both of those countries, one of the first thing that comes up is, is just the idea of sort of level of education and sort of the safe spaces in which to talk about these things. And so with a lot of the women that I worked um, and a, and a lot of the communities that I was a part of, it would have taken a long time to have these kinds of conversations because it's just right? like
0: not culturally. Fabulous yeah, so to talk for me about.
1: to bring up my my period and my vagina on week one or even you know week seventeen would have been 17. a little would have been a little too soon. Right. Um. So it, this was not in the. I didn't particularly work in in women's health issues, but at the same time, informally these conversations did come up bet- um, between me and, and some of the women whom, whom I knew and worked with and uh, and whom I loved very deeply, and so. In the particular community in, in the Philippines, there, there was not a lot of access to, um, to pads and to tampons, and so People use a lot of different sort of makeshift um, options, and there's and there's a lot of articles coming coming out recently, sort of um, especially focused on communities and women in Kenya that are doing that similar thing, and how much um, that leaves you susceptible to um, to infection and and different kind of. So if you use paper or you use towels or, or a paper
0: towel or a washcloth,
1: yeah, and a lot of and the community, particularly in the Philippines, because it, it was in in Tondo, it was this uh, Smoky Mountain is the more sort of uh, pop. The, the cultural way that that people call it, but um, it is sort of a, a huge trash dump where um, the majority of Manila's trash gets funneled, and so and repurposing, we yeah, exactly, and so repurposing trash for different um, uses is is something that happens very regularly, and so there wasn't. The- the, any access they might have had to sort of sanitary napkins or pads or tampons. And even tampons at, the, at that point can be a little culturally taboo. In the Philippines. Having, you know, I actually, I had more of these conversations in Salvador. Um, so I lived also with college students who were women, and they were very surprised. And Salvador, when I was um, there in 2008 as a student, that was when I actually switched from tampons to Diva Cup. Um, so it's been in a, Salvador, mm-hmm, yeah. And so I remember speaking with some of the—I didn't buy it there; I, I bought it in the states. But speaking with some of my sort of Salvadoran colleagues and women that were scholarship students that were in the university, whom I lived with, who were Salvadoran, and them being even pretty shocked that I used tampons because even at that point culturally, it can be a bit of a, of a paradigm shift. Just a lot because of, of the
0: insertion,
1: uh, yeah, the insertion. A lot of things having to do with. Um, with with virginity and sort of the the role of women you know you kind of have this because of the particular um Sort of religious sensibilities that might exist there, or just uh, and is it conservative the sensibilities. Thing? You know, yeah. I mean, you have sort of the virgin whore complex, right. right? Like women are sort of either one or the other. So that that narrative plays into this, um, just and it so plays unfair. into that. Yeah, and it really plays into the stigma. I think of even like in the development of Western thought. Like women are associated with faculties of the body, and men with faculties of the mind. And the faculties of the body are seen as as tainted and dirty. And so, to talk about these things. Um, they're not. Again, it wasn't the content of my work in either place. And so, but you know, have part of life. Yeah, the yeah. conversations happen more informally. Um, yeah and so there wasn't a lot of access in the Philippines especially to to products like that and there's there's huge amounts of stigmas in in both cultures and to even using one yeah I mean I don't even know that the the diva cup would would be an unheard of thing the menstrual cup in, the Philippines? in, in either place yeah so yeah and you... I even wonder I mean i I'm, I'm very supportive of um, figuring out how to um, repurpose this incredible invention culturally just in every place I'm wary of how how careful you have to be in um, in appropriating things that were um, so created for North American sensibilities into cultures where it might not be the best option or solution, but even having access to clean tampons and sanitary pads. But then there's so much more in in many ways that the Menstrual Cup offers with how economic it can be and also how much waste you save. So, because
0: that's the thing, it's like... I mean, because for the women that we worked with, well, that you primarily worked with in the Philippines, with some of the women that I met, like, a sanitary napkin or a a tampon, like, it's not available, period. Yeah. And And even if you do get your hands on it, it's once. Yeah. So do you know of any organizations that are bringing conversations like the Diva Cup to women in those communities anywhere like outside of Kenya, like I know you're telling me about that, but like in the Philippines, is there like, like does Diva Cup do it? Like, is there some outreach? Like what can we do? Like how can we let the ladies know? I just dropped my Diva Cup.
1: Um, <laughs> you should take we... it out of the box. It's actually yeah, we should take made it out a of silicone. The it's very flexible. Um, I'm,
0: I'm opening it, you guys. I don't know if you can hear it, but I'm, I'm opening it right now. Um,
1: and that's the thing. So I think that really there's only one organization um, and it's, um, I'm forgetting the name. Let's it. Google it. Should yeah, we Google it? Yeah, please, it? we should. Um, we want
0: to shout you out <laughs> we want to shout you out,
1: but then there's also there's a there's a, a few organizations in Kenya that are really um, some really good research that's been done. Two Duke alum, alumnus um, alumnae's started this um, organization called uh, called Wiser. And so it's, it's wisergirls.org is their website. And just they're very transparent about how they use their funding and and really focused on sort of these larger goals that are, I was talking about, sort of how much it comes back to education and the spaces in which I mean, just even women in any culture or country having the space to learn about and understand our own anatomy and these biological processes that that lead to life, you know, and really shifting the stigma. And so there definitely are um, – I think Wiser Girls is a really good one to check out as far um, as Africa goes and, and and Kenya goes. But I'm not an Wiser Girls –
0: because that that organization is donating Diva Cups to women. And- it,
1: they're not yet going into Diva Cups, but they're looking um, – doing scholarly research and sort of looking at what is the situation of girls in these particular – I think they're um, on um, – they're maybe by Lake Victoria in, in Kenya and looking in certain communities about – this access to to sanitary napkins and to um and to like positive stigmas around menstruation and education and, and women's health how is that sort of um, how is the stigma around menstruation and around other parts of being a woman holding girls back from participating in extracurriculars, and participating Even just in school. school yeah 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 and so they're they're finding I think there's a lot of in some ways misconceptions about the relationships between um, the, those kind of sets of data and, and what's actually happening on the ground but that's why I would I would really sort of call out to, to wiser girls because I think it's wiser is the name of the NGO and wisergirls.org is their website. Um, they just, they're very upfront about what their, what their oh, mission and their philosophy is. Fem International Feminine yes. Health Movement.
0: Man- exactly. Management. Yeah, feminine absolutely. Feminine Health Management. And so
1: they are really moving into the world of Divacops. And I know a little bit less about that organization. I did a, a little bit of research, but they, they're trying to sort of move into the, into that space. And I would love to know what some of their practices are and how they sort of assess in this community. Is this something that matches the community's needs? And, and, and sort of have integrity around that, but it is, and I think even in even in, in North America and Canada and Europe, like getting the word out more about the it's diva a big cult, deal because there's still so much stigma here. It, My friends, are, I mean, the majority of people I talk to about it are like pretty grossed out, right? But you're so much more likely to use it if you have a friend that uses it.
0: Oh, and I've heard that, so I want to talk about that next. But first, we have to take a quick break. We'll be back in a minute. You're listening to Getting Curious. Hello, and welcome to Podphone. What type of podcast are you looking for? You have chosen funny podcasts about bad movies.
1: Rated R. May we
0: recommend The Flophouse? Three friends talk about bad movies and make each other and you laugh. Rated R. The Flophouse is playing at your ears. If you download it right now or whenever.
1: Rated R
0: to purchase tickets to The Flop House. You don't need to do that. Just download it.
1: The Flophouse. Rated R for nudity, I guess.
0: Welcome back to Getting Curious. I'm Jonathan Van Ness, and I'm talking to my cousin, who I adore, Sullivan Oakley, about menstrual cups. So when I started talking about doing this podcast, I was talking to... I was really into the whole idea of a diva cut, And I was talking to some of my clients, and, and my one client was saying how... Um, it's like what do you do if you're at an airport and you got a change? And I was saying, girl, <laughs> I was like, it lasts for twelve hours. Mm-hmm. Like even on like your heaviest flow, I was reading like this one girl that like a review of it, she was like, It lasts for twelve hours. And you don't have to worry about the toxic shock thing because she actually like comes she drips into the cup, which is like it's it's like it can't soak back up into your blood.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's 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 much better about like the TSS bacteria, the toxic sox syndrome bacteria that, that builds, you're much less likely to build up that bacteria if you use the diva cup. Because a lot of times with tampons, not only does it absorb the blood, but it absorbs natural fluid. That your body's producing. And so TSS is much more likely. But
0: doesn't it also because of like the way the tampon is, like, doesn't it have a better chance of like reabsorbing?
1: It does, yeah, absolutely. And not
0: as much in the diva yeah. cup because more of that stuff is like in the cup, not up against your skin on like a cottony thing.
1: Yeah. And even before I sort of knew about all of these different reasons to use it, you know, economic, even if you're just lazy, like only 12 hours, like it it holds about 28 ounces of blood. Which and is so a or no, not 28 ounces, 28 grams. So that's like that's um an ounce of blood. That's a and shitload you, of blood. Yeah, and you really only produce, generally speaking, about two ounces per cycle. Um, that's sort of the average. And so, so... so two ounces
0: per cycle, mm-hmm. and a diva cup holds one ounce total. Exactly. So, so you guys, that's
1: like many less trips to the bathroom. Many less
0: trips to the bathroom. But so, but so, what do you do if you're on an overnight flight from, let's say, Manila mm-hmm. to SFO, <laughs> and you're wearing your diva cup? It's like, is it a nightmare? Like, what do you have to change it in the in the in the airport?
1: It's really not. I mean, I've changed it in outhouses. I've changed it camping. I've changed it in airplane so bathrooms. So you don't have to. I've wash changed it in that community in. V- This on like a little, did you like in like a, in like a little bucket. So, but what do you, so,
0: but what do you do? Like if you're in the stall, you like take it out, dump it in the toilet and you walk out to the, to the sink.
1: So that, that move I've only ever made a couple of times. Um uh at this at this bar called Caffreys in college. Um and I think it it stunned a lot of the women <laughs> around me. But it, it also it was it was sort of fodder for conversation. It was like this obviously um maybe that was a little too personal. Can you empty pro. it
0: and put it back in without washing it? Or is uh, that not you recommended? Can, you
1: can. I mean, I think that's the thing because it lasts for twelve hours, usually you can find a space where you're not in a sort of communal or public restroom or even where you're just there's a sort of like a one stall thing, or even like a lot of handicapped stalls or larger stalls will have sinks in them. Oh, so yeah. really that's not as big of an issue as, as people sort of play it out to be. But, um yeah, I mean... But there definitely- is an issue
0: of, like, when I've talked to you about it with with some of my female clients, um, mm. especially in North America, who have, like, no offense, but, like, just have absolutely none of the world scope that you have had and been exposed to, they are like, I just don't want to. So then it cuts... So then the argument is... Well, obviously, there isn't really an argument, because it's your vagina, so do whatever you want with absolutely. it. Absolutely. That's you wanna, my number one rule. And if you want to put a tampon or pad up there, that's great, but if you are talking to the benefits of a Diva Cup aside from the laziness and the the ability to be more lazy and aside from the... Um,
1: Economic and but the, but environmental. The, but,
0: but, the, it, but so it's the environmental piece, which is when you think about the waste that goes into the oceans, which I'm, you guys, I'm like, I'm so sorry you have periods and I'm so sorry that you have to deal with it.
1: I actually love it.
0: Well, no, not, but I just mean like, if if your choice is you're gonna use a tampon, you're just not into a diva cup, like that is cool. I'm not tampon shaming you. I'm not a tampon shamer. <laughs> Good, but I'm just saying that if you wanted to use a diva cup, you would be kind of a global citizen, more of a global citizen because you are keeping a a bunch of tamps and well, let's be respectful, tampons and sanitary napkins like out of the ocean, right? Mm-hmm
1: yeah I mean, waste is a, is a, if you just think about all the the production that goes into it, you know, with between like the applicator and the wrapper and the toilet paper that you wrap it in when you're finished. and again, my I mean, my number one rule is like this is your sacred moon time, you know, like you you do you and you do what you need to do. so I would never I promote it by all means. but again, I think I'm I'm also' you don't want to camp shame on for not you, yeah, but I also think that um. I wonder about it sometimes because I, I, I wonder if in some ways we've sort of internalized the stigma of how gross it is. You know, well, like, that's what I hear. If that's someone falls say. down and skins their knee, um, we don't recoil in that same way. And they're, like, it's been shown even though there's sort of all of these, um, um, you know, ancient, whether they come from sort of a religion or different cultural things that have developed over time. But this idea that there is this uncleanliness that comes with being on your, on your menstrual cycle. And there ain't nothing dirty about it. And that's just not true. It's just
0: not true. The only thing that isn't soups clean is as if your society thinks it's not soups clean. And then you end up with a dang used wash rag up there because no one gave you a ding tampon or sanitary <laughs> napkin or diva cup. Preach it, girl. Or you felt shamed about it. So that's the only thing that's unclean. The only thing unclean about this is how men have treated it. Okay? Mm-hmm. So that's the deal. Um. So, yeah. So, I mean... Um, I definitely have noticed and I don't really have a lady to see on because I don't know what it is to deal with the period per se, other than I've always worked with women. So I'm a little familiar with what I can do, but I don't know what it is to experience. Um, but I have, when I've talked about a diva cup, it's like, I hear a lot of that whole like, Oh, it's just so gross. I don't want to stick my feet. I don't know how to do it. It's, so it's, it's a, a lot
1: like learning to use a tampon.
0: It is. So that's so that's what I want to talk about. I want you to talk, I want you to take the Scared factor, gross factor, out of all of our homegirls out there who are on the borderline now of maybe trying a diva cup because I'm holding one right now. And in my person, in my mailbox, M-A-L-E box, I could imagine that this wouldn't be that awful. It's soft. It's squishy. I'm wondering if you've had bigger
1: things I've in, in your I've had way bigger stuff in my that. mailbox yeah, than yeah. this. As have we. I mean, if you've ever been to the gynecologist, if you count yourselves among one of the non-virgins of the world... There's, there's something bigger that's gone in your vagina. For sure. Can I say it real quick? Yeah. I'll sort of give you a little tutorial. So, I mean, the very first time you use it, even maybe the first couple I'm of times. I'm taking a picture
0: of my cousin doing this right now, I, you guys. It
1: can it can definitely be an uncomfortable process. But, like, you remember when you were, like, 13. I was actually, like, 10 or 11 when I started my period, which is entirely too early. Um, but, you know, God is generous. Um, and so... It's a lot like that first time you used a tampon where, like, you used a pad for the first, like, you know, seven months and you were terrified and you cried and you weren't sure whether to ask your mom or your friends and, you know, it was like that very vulnerable place to be in. So remember the first time I ever um, put my diva cup in. I was actually living with um, uh, a, my friends John and Annie at the time in college, and my friend John was actually in his bedroom, and I was in the I was in the bathroom, which is sort of lives right next door to John's room. Because
0: she's about like a half dollar sized opening at the top, exactly, and it goes down to like a little tip, and she's mm-hmm. just like three two inches long. How long is she? Like two, like maybe two. How many thumbs? Is uh, that? She
1: might like she might be about three inches long. She's like
0: three inches long. Yeah. She's like a quarter, She's like a half dollar sized at the top. Little pinpoint at the bottom, but okay. she is
1: very pliable. She's
0: extremely pliable. And so I remember you guys. that
1: first time, like there was a couple squeals. I like stubbed my toe while it was happening. John was like, "What's going on in there?" And I was like, "Nothing." Um, but at the same time, like once I got it in there, truly, even within my first cycle, I could not feel it. So you just sort of take the top, this about like half dollar sized silicone cup. And you fold it up. I wish mm-hmm. we had we had video right yeah, now. But you, actually, there's plenty of YouTube tutorials, yeah, some yeah. of which you want to watch and some of which you probably don't. I learned how don't. to do
0: my flat iron waves on YouTube, so if I can learn how to do that. And you
1: just kind of you, you like flex the top together and you stick it in and then it just sort of <clears throat> suctions to your Open. cervix and it, and it catches the blood. And really... I mean, it, it's not that there's there would never be any leakage. Like if it doesn't suction, or if there's some sort of a mistake. But I've leaked with a tampon way more often than I leaked with this diva cup. So if you're inserting it right and you kind of learn how to do it, the odds of you leaking, um, especially if you if you empty. Fairly regularly are very very slim, much slimmer than a. Can I ask you a pad. personal
0: question? Absolutely. Okay, Isn't so is that why we're here? So, how often do you empty yours on a regular? Like you know, this?
1: actually, I was just thinking about this in my last cycle. I've gotten lazier as time has gone on, which is not good for me and my vagina. So, I need to get a little bit more on it. I usually do about every eight to ten hours, but have there been times where I've left it for more than twelve because I f- was so comfortable I forgot it was in? Yeah.
0: Is there ever a time when you're like, ew, this is a heavy flow"? Not ew, but is there ever, is there ever a time where you're like, oh, this is a heavy flow"? I'm going to do it like four, like every four?
1: You know, I, um maybe like during the first day, but every four for me would be unnecessary. And again, every woman is so different. That's why we don't do the tampon shaming because like every woman's vagina is her own beautiful So you guys flower. all have
0: to do, so you guys will have to f- navigate that yourself. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. But I mean the average time that they say is 12 hours. And so that it holds, it really does hold a whole ounce of blood and the average blood that a woman produces um, is, 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 is two ounces per period, so...
0: So if you do the math, that's very doable.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I would not recommend only changing it out the one time. Um, right, yeah, because
0: that's a little much. Yeah,
1: and there's also Diva Wash that you can buy. I just, I just have a pot. I boil mine on the sink before and after every period. Is
0: that the pot... Do you use that pot for food? You know, I
1: used to when I lived in Salvador. I lived with all women, Um, and I I live with all women now, actually. Again, Uh, but I bought a special floral pot from Goodwill. That's
0: sweet. Um, Just like so, no one. Reduce, reuse, recycle. Yes, exactly. So to recap, you guys, um, uh, if you want to learn more about how to uh, help get Diva Cups to women in need, uh, it's the Feminine Health Management Program. And they are distributing menstrual cups along with essential education and hygiene materials to schoolgirls in East Africa, um, helping them stay safe, having uh, good health, and in school every day of the month. To donate a menstrual cup uh, or a Femme kit to a girl in need, please visit Fem's Holiday Giving Campaign. Again, that's visit Fem's Holiday Giving Campaign. Um, there will be a link to that later, because we will uh, do that later. So that's that's that for helping women in uh, more disadvantaged women um, to get them menstrual cups. And then for all of you North American listeners in, uh, that are not in that boat, uh, the reasons why we want to use Diva Cup are Sullivan, take that away. Why do we want to use them?
1: So yeah, there's just so many reasons under the sun. I mean, I think... Um I, the the lazy appeal for me honestly is a huge one not having to go to the bathroom as often uh, environmentally but also economically you spend 30 to, to 40 bucks on this one-time purchase and it's supposed to last if you take proper care of it for 10 years so all the times you're out and you realize you know you like you're like the lost girl in the hallway that's like somebody give me a tampon you're never gonna have that experience again because you're gonna have it Either with you or in it. Um, And so, yeah, so so we have the environmental reasons, we have the economic reasons, we have the um, lazy woman on the go reasons. For like a backpacker, if you're traveling, you just have this one piece, that's all you have to remember. I love that. Yeah, there are just so many good things about it. And actually, to be honest, it's it's proven to be more comfortable to me. It's like less leakage, lots of different reasons to use it. And there's some great articles too out there. Um, I was just... Reading one on Slate the other day. Actually, people have written, you know, like you go on Buzzfeed. People have written like basically odes to their vagina and to their diva cups.
0: I love that. One woman even
1: referenced taking maybe a shot out of it, which I think because this one's brand new, we could. Well, let's do that. Maybe do that later.
0: Um, we totally can. You're spending the night, so it's perfect. (laughs) So, um, you guys, uh, I am just so happy to talk about menstruation and talk about women and talk about women's power and just talk about. I love all that, and I, I love women. I love our um, our lesbian sisters, our straight sisters, wherever your sisters, moms, daughters, wherever. are. Let's talk about periods. It's fine. Mm-hmm. It's gorgeous. If every woman got grossed out at me for talking about anal, I would have no friends. Um, so I really just want to return the favor to all the beautiful women that have been there for for me in my life, and just and I I just want to support women. Mm. I'm a raging feminist. <laughs> Um, so, Sullivan, thank you so much for coming on.
1: Yeah, and I just want to say, too, my, uh, my father mentioned, um, as I told him that I would be doing this today... Well, I didn't think you'd ever go on the radio or on a podcast and be talking about your vagina. But I just want to say I hope at some point we all live in a world where we can talk about our vaginas on the radio.
0: I well, we're getting there. Mm. Um, and thanks, thanks, Sullivan. For having me. No, it's my pleasure. But Sullivan, um, for more information on you and Diva Cups and, and your fun adventures in life, where can people find you?
1: Um, on Instagram, Scullivan Oakley, all one word.
0: Scullivan. That- it's a
1: little picture of me holding a cat. I almost never, I almost never change. But That's you know what? Picture, I'm so. really
0: trying to get her. I'm really trying to get her more involved in Instagram, and she has so many good brilliant things to say because she really is um in my opinion just an expert at being a brilliant person and like I said earlier even though she is two years my junior I look up to her so completely so I hope you will get more involved in Instagram and help spread the words of all the things that you're doing because you just you blow my mind I just love you so much love you too You've been listening to Getting Curious with me, Jonathan Van Ness, and my guest this week, Sullivan Oakley. Our theme music is Freak by Quinn. Thank you so much for letting us use it. Getting Curious is a production of MaximumFun.org, and our producer is Colin Anderson. And if you guys just can't wait to see me till next time, my social media stuff is at the Gay of Thrones on Twitter and Gay of Thrones on Instagram. See me there. MaximumFun.org
1: Comedy and culture. Artist owned.
0: Listener supported.